There's the whistle. Go, go, go! Second half, my three subs action from the Center Circle Studios. Usually he's talking about other folks, but today let's talk to him and about him. And uh, we have on the program today, writer from the Daily Memphian, our friend John Varlis. John, thanks for joining me on the podcast. How are you doing? I'm, I'm great, Tim. Thank you for having me, man. It's a lot of fun to come in here and talk to you. I have uh, enjoyed your writing for a long time, and it's great to finally actually meet you in person. It's it's great to put a put a voice in a face with uh, with with the uh, with the with the pen that's always usually to the paper. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah, and and same same with you, man. You know, it's when. These old timers get together, and uh, you know, I think it's always kind of cool because, like you said, we've seen how the market has changed, and and uh, you know, it's it's a, it's a little bit, you know, we can bring a little bit of perspective to it. Hopefully, we'll see how it goes. <laughs> I, I've I've read so much of your work. I, I don't know how many pieces. I don't know how many hundreds or you know, over I guess twenty plus years, thousands of pieces that you've written. But you've pretty much run the gambit in this market. I I really have, and and um, you know, thankfully, the Daily Memphian has even. You know, has allowed me to expand on that a lot. I mean, you know, uh, I, I'm still focused primarily on the high schools, but you know, last couple of years I've done a lot of coverage with the Liberty Bowl. You know, I've I've helped out with uh, you know Tiger football and Tiger basketball a little bit, which is always fun. You know, I covered the golf tournament this summer, which was just phenomenal. You know, I've never covered an event that was that you know that kind of magnitude. You know, on a on an international scale, like, you know, like that golf, I mean, it was just amazing to be, you know, to see that kind of thing unfold. I'm just kind of curious. Do you walk, do you walk the 18 or, or how, how does somebody no. cover that? <laughs> I know there's a, no, there's a, there's a press tent and, 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 and we just, uh, we kind of just sit in and watch the scores, you know, constantly get updated on this big board, but yeah, but you, you know, you might go out and, and watch a few holes of a particular player. I did some feature stuff. So I was, I went out and watched, you know, a couple of holes of, whoever I'd be writing about, but no, I'm, 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 there's no way I'm going to be walking the 18 holes. Those guys are, you know, they say golfers aren't athletes, but these guys clearly are. I mean, these guys are in fantastic shape and you got to be in pretty fantastic shape just to keep up with them. I need a chiropractor after playing around a putt putt. So I, I, yeah, I have no idea how they, how they do it, John, but yeah. in, in a few moments, I want to talk about your most recent assignment, but you've covered soccer for quite some time at various levels. How long have you been, have you been watching the game? Oh, I, I mean, my soccer watching goes back to, to childhood. I mean, you know, in, in terms of, you know, kind of, kind of growing up with it, you know, having a, a, a dad that was an, an immigrant, um, you know, he, he was, you know, he was big into soccer and we'd always have the, the soccer magazines and things like that around the house. I mean, you know, you're talking, this is like back in the seventies and, uh, if, you know, of course back then it was a lot harder to. To find soccer, you know, anywhere. I mean, you, you may remember this. They had a program on uh, public television every Saturday afternoon. Soccer made in Germany with uh, Toby Charles, with the great Toby Charles. Yeah, and 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 I, I mean, I kind of, I mean, I dug that every Saturday afternoon. I would just, you know, be eager to sit in front of the TV and tune in and see these these images, you know, from coming in from Germany. And 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 Toby Charles, you know, had that voice, that baritone, and. He made everything sound so important. You know, every match was just like so important. And, you know, you're sitting there watching that as an eight, nine year old kid. It's like, you know, it's like this stuff coming in from a distant planet. And it, it's so cool. I mean, you had, you know, you had your, your baseball and your football and basketball on TV, but, you know, this was just so much different and cool. And, and so it, that was kind of where the seed was planted. And then, you know, I, I was in, I was in Chicago for, for school during the summer of 86. And, and got to watch a lot of the 86 World Cup on, on a Spanish-language TV in Chicago, and, and that was a thrill to watch, you know, Maradona and, and the great Argentina team in, in that World Cup in 86. And, 
you know, subsequently with the the growth of the internet and, and social media and everything, it's just made it that much easier. But yeah, in, in terms of watching, I go, you know, I go way back. I go back about as far as you can, really. I, I would be interested to see somebody, and I'm not I'm not trying to outsource this to you, but I'd be very interested because you mentioned Diego Maradona. If someone were to do a fictional what if piece, if VAR had been in effect when the hand of God happened in the World Cup, <laughs> how would the world have been different? Might have changed history altogether. I mean, we might have we might have known him for the for the other goal he scored in that match, which was you know which was arguably the best goal of all time, and and certainly deserving of 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 more memory than you know argue you know than than a cheating goal so, yeah you're right i mean history could have been changed significantly who knows but yeah i mean just watching that world cup watching argentina you know it, it, you know there's i don't i don't know how how you feel about it tim but to me there's just something kind of magical about soccer and growing up in one country and 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 following and, and being able to follow something from a different country and you know, and see the the culture around it, the the fandom. You know, the 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 passion. You know, you know what it's like in your own backyard. But to see it, you know, in, in another country, it's like, oh, well, this is what these people do, and this is kind of cool too. I mean, it's really, really to me, it was always really a special thing to a, a huge treat to just see a soccer match growing up. You know, depending on the day of the week, it you know, there's a various number of countries in the world. You know, there may be more or less. To, what time is it right now? I mean, there could be new countries formed. With so many different languages and language barriers, but when you get when you get eleven v eleven on a pitch, it becomes a universal language because you can understand what a player is going to do. You can look at the strategies. You can see uh, if a player is good or not. You don't have to know the language. In fact, the, a lot of the players on the pitch oftentimes may not even speak the same language, and and they still find a way to get it done. It's 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 it does transcend borders it really does it really does and, and you know and a lot of people might you know think that's kind of corny or whatever but but it's true i mean it, it really it really does bring people together and and in in a way it's it, it's kind of made the world smaller i mean I'm, I'm so grateful to live in a in a time where you can have so much ready ready access right at your fingertips to 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 soccer you know leagues in england spain you know, uh, Italy, France, any, you know, anywhere you want to look, you know, leagues in Africa or, or Asia, if you're interested, you can find information on that. And it's so readily available. And it, it's just, it's just fantastic. And it's anything beyond, you know, what I would have imagined sitting there as a little kid watching my little black and white TV and watching a 30 minute highlight show of, you know, edited matches from, from, you know, from one country. It's, it's just, you know, it's mind boggling. Who were your favorites growing up? Which players or which, I guess, in which teams did you follow? Well, I I like most people that are um, neutral. You know, I, I gravitated towards Brazil and, and 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 players like you know Socrates and and, and those yeah. guys in in the '86 World Cup. You know, they didn't win, but you know they had such a fantastic, fun and and you know colorful team. You know, played some really attractive soccer, and it was, it was just fun to watch. You know, I grab of course gravitated towards Pele before that. You know, seeing the old Pele videos and things of that nature. But yeah, so I always gravitated to that. But I think I think now in my life I'm I'm at a stage where I don't really have a particular favorite. Um, I, I just like to see good games and just appreciate the skill that these guys do. You know, I, I just I just tune into the game and, and hope that I see something that you know kind of makes me jump out of my chair a little bit or or you know something that I'll remember you know, later on in the week and say, oh, oh God, what a, what a great pass that was or what a great shot that was. You know, that's, that's kind of where I am now. But yeah, you know, like, 
like 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 a lot of us i was i was brought into it by the the great brazilian teams the yellow jerseys the you know the blue shorts the the long hair the the you know the the the, the you know the great passing the great movement the great goals the the tricks you know all of it, it was incredible well they, and each team tells a story because you got the brazilians who are risk takers on the field and then you've got the germans who are uh, who are so structured and 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 very safe in the way that they oftentimes play and but both teams on their day could be extremely dominant back in the old school days. Oh, very, very much so. And and you know, you put Italy in there too with the with the style they played that was also more defensive minded. You know, back in you know we're talking back in the seventies and eighties. Back then, they were they were pretty defensive minded as well. Um, but yeah, but you know, and and then you know, I, I mentioned Argentina again and some of the great attacking players they had. You know, Maradona and and you know Claudio Canizia and those guys. I mean, is it just? Just you know, really great memories, man, and, and great team. I'm getting nostalgic here just just talking about it. But yeah, I mean the you know the the eighty the you know the eighties mid eighties was a was a really good time to kind of come into uh come into age as a soccer fan because you really got to see some you know tremendous talent and some and some real memorable teams and some great games and some you know it was really a good time to kind of come come of age as a as a soccer fan. Sports writer for the Daily Memphian, John Varlis, joining us on the podcast today. And uh, John obviously has a wealth of knowledge from wa- from watching matches. And then we, I guess, go back a year or two. And here in, in the Memphis, Tennessee area, the United Soccer League announces that they are going to be bringing a franchise into Memphis, uh, the division just below MLS. And of course, enter John Varlis, who has extensive experience in watching and and you've heard him talk about covering soccer, and he's covered a lot of a lot of prep ball lately. When this when this franchise, which at the time was called USL Memphis, uh, was announced, was this something that the publication came to you with, or did you raise your hand and say, "Oh, me, 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 me"? Well, I I, I certainly would have, uh, Tim. I definitely would have lobbied for it, but I didn't have to. They 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 came to me first and said, "Hey, you know, you, we think you'd be a, a great guy to do this," and. And uh, you know we want you to do this, and I'm like, yeah, I want to do it too. So it, it was an easy, excuse me, it was an easy thing to sign on for because you know I, I think I think I kind of had the reputation, um, you know, among among print media types here in town of, of maybe being the most knowledgeable person about soccer. I, I don't, I don't mean seems kind of you know arrogant to say that, but I, I think I think it's true. I think I had you know probably more soccer knowledge than any you know print media type in town and, and so I was from that perspective I think I was a kind of a natural person to to ask for it but yeah I, I mean I would have lobbied for it but I didn't have to and and they just said hey you know hey JV go out and do it and I and I've, I've done it and I've, I've really enjoyed it man being around a, a professional soccer team is you know it's really been an eye-opening experience on on a lot of levels it's it's been fun it's been a great learning experience it's been a you know it's been it's been an interesting season a lot of you know, a lot of you know, a few highs, um, a few lows, but overall, it's you know, it's really been interesting, and it's been it's been good for me, you know, professionally and, and as a and as a, a soccer person, I, I've learned a lot. For you, I know that you've had the opportunity for year after year, school year after school year, season after season, to cover the cycle that is high school soccer and 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 other prep sports. But here comes this franchise that's an expansion team in a league which. A few Memphians are sort of familiar with if they watch some of the streaming services. For you, what was it like to cover a team which had no history at all? Well, I mean, 
I'll be honest with you. I did. I didn't know what to expect. I I didn't, you know, as, as much of, you know, as much soccer knowledge as I'm sitting here, you know, saying I have, and as as much you know interest as I have in the game going back, you know, thirty forty years to to childhood. I mean, I didn't know anything about the United Soccer League. Honestly, didn't I? Obviously, you know was pretty familiar with MLS and, and the better players and the better teams in MLS, but I didn't know anything about the United Soccer League, honestly. So I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know what the quality of play would be like. I didn't know, um, you know, I, I just didn't know anything about it. And so from that standpoint, it's been a, you know, it's been a really pleasant surprise to see, you know, just the skill level of these guys, Tim. You know, I like you said, I watched so many high school games throughout the course of the year, boys and girls, and, and, and you know, and we're talking about high level high school programs like Houston and Collierville. I mean, these kids are really, really good. Nationally ranked in some instances, yeah, right? Absolutely. And then but then, you know, when you go out just to training and see these guys and, and see what they can do, you know, skill wise, is just is just to me is just mind boggling because I mean, think about it. You know, they're they're in the USL. They're not you know, they're not even in the top level here in America, but these guys are so good. So and it, and it, so it gives you a, just an appreciation of what they can do. But think about what a what a Messi can do. You know, somebody that's even you know that's way better than these guys. You know, it just gives you a really tremendous appreciation of of what goes into making a good soccer player. You know, the the touch, the the vision, the you know the balance, the the stamina these guys have. You know, it, it's just incredible. And, and we you know obviously we got some really good players at at a. Uh, 901 FC we've got guys that are you know national team players for their respective nations and and uh you know the guys you know guys that aren't but they're still really good players too guys like Cam Lindley and Brandon Allen I mean these these are really good soccer players and and it just it just goes to show you you know that even that regardless of the level of, of competition you know when when you get to a when you get to a certain level you know you you got to have something you know, you got to have something going for you to make it to a particular level. You know, th- th- these are really good players, and it's, it's really been a joy to see them work. The the Memphis, is, uh, Memphis is team, 901 FC, plays at a baseball stadium, AutoZone Park in Memphis, which means the press box is located essentially in the near corner of the soccer pitch. <laughs> for you, John, for a man that's watched matches for, for decades like myself – as part of your job, where do you watch the match? And maybe there's a part B to this, or maybe it's the same answer. Where is your preferred place to watch a match? I, I, I watch it. I watch it from the press box, and I'm right down there on that corner, like you're like you're talking about. I mean, I guess you know to visualize it would be basically where home plate is. But but yeah, basically I'm I'm looking at the uh, the Memphis Mafia and and you know one of the goalkeepers. Um, you know, the other goalkeeper is pretty far away. So it's like, oh, you know, they're going to go away for a few minutes. Oh, here they come back again. So, you know, it, it's like nice car. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Here they come. And, whoop, there they go. <laughs> exactly. But um, I, I don't know. I mean, the vantage point is pretty good for me. I mean, it's it's not like it's not like you would have, you know, the television view if you were sitting, you know, way above and sitting at the at the center of the pitch and you could see things de- developing, you know, a little more easily. I mean, you do lose that. Um, you know, you do lose some of the sidelines and things of that nature, but yeah, you know, but I can't complain. I mean, I, I think they've done a fantastic job uh, incorporating soccer at AutoZone Park. I think everybody that's come down there for the matches this year 
has had a, a ton of fun. I mean, golly, that that exhibition game they had this summer against Pachuco. I mean, what an experience that was. I, I mean, I can't imagine, you know, anybody that went to that or or some of these other you know league matches wouldn't wouldn't have had a fantastic time. So, I mean, you know, you know, in in some ways it's not ideal, but in but in a lot of ways it's 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 perfect. And and from a, a media standpoint, I I certainly have no complaints. I, like I said, I'm. I'm honored to do it and be a, a, a teeny tiny part of the, the whole production. John Varlis is a sports writer for the Daily Memphian. It's a, it's a digital newspaper, and uh, you can check it out at dailymemphian.com. Uh, a great app, and, and John has been writing on sports for more than 20 years. When it comes time for post-match interviews and, 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 and whatnot, when it comes time to interview coaches and players, do you have to kind of dial it down to keep from getting in the weeds after the match to get sound for the, for the matches? How, do, how for you? How does that work? I I have to, I do have to dial it down because uh, you know because <laughs> being a being kind of a fan, you know, when they play really well, you know, I, I kind of get excited too. I mean, I, I know how hard these guys have been working all year. It's, it's been a slog. I mean, they started what you know preseason started in February. I mean, I remember you know going out to a game at the the U of M in, in February for an early exhibition game. And it was, you know, bitter cold out there. This, this game where they uh, beat Bethlehem steel, Bethlehem steel, right. They beat Bethlehem steel five to nothing. I mean, just, just, just to watch that game and knowing how hard the guys had worked, you know, to produce a result like that. It, it was, it was hard not to feel good for him. It was hard to kind of temper your enthusiasm and be professional and say, well, coach, you know, that worked out well. I mean, you know, you, you want to shake his hand and, and say, man, you guys finally did it. You know, I know you've been working for this. It's really hard to separate that when you, you know, when you see these guys all the time. But so, yeah, that's that's the thing. It's hard. It's hard not to feel good for them when they have success. It's hard not to feel bad for them. I mean, they've had, you know, quite a few games this year where they, you know, took a gut punch and gave up a goal at the end of, you know, late in regulation or you know, maybe late in the first half that changed the tenor of the game. So it's it's hard not to feel bad for them in those cases. And, and that's the thing. Just, you know, taking taking the feelings out of it when you're around these guys, you know, often and, and, and knowing how hard they work and, and how, you know, how much they want to produce success for the city because they, they really do. That's all, it's one of the things they always talk about. We want to we wanna be successful for our fans and, and for our city. I mean, it means a lot to them and the, and the entire organization. I'm not asking you to talk out of school, but yeah. just generally speaking, are those guys pretty good guys? Yeah, I think I think generally speaking, they're they're fantastic guys. I think the only the only you know problem, if it is a problem, I think a, a couple of them are, are really shy. Um, you know, not not maybe not used to dealing with the media, and that's not a negative. It's just, it's just the way they are. Um, you know, I don't think any of them you know you would say are bad guys, and, and the majority of them are are really good guys that that like to talk, that give good quotes. I mean, uh, you know, I mean, Liam Doyle gave us a fantastic quote. He said his defender was all over him like a rash, you know, and he, <laughs> and he, he said it in his, his British accent. So it sounded, you know, it sounded so cool and, it, you know, even even better than, you know, if, when I said it. So, um, yeah, so they're, they're great guys. They're really thoughtful. They're, they're smart guys. And, and, and what I like, too, talking about them, Tim, is, is you know, you, you get a different perspective with talking to these guys, talking with somebody like Liam who's from – who's from Britain or talking with somebody like uh, Dwayne Maquette, who's from uh, Trinidad or, or, or Adam Najem, who's, who's uh, you know, background is from Afghanistan or even just guys from different parts of the U S you know, Cam Lindley and, 
you know, Joachim Graf and Brandon Allen and these guys from different parts of the country. You know, they just bring in a different perspective and a different way of thinking about things that you that you don't get, you know, when you're, you know, covering high school football and, and everybody's from the same neighborhood and the same, you know, the same city and, you know, kind of has the same way of, of, of going about things. It, it's really enlightening. That's a good point because in high school, a long-distance relationship is somebody from another subdivision. Right, right, <laughs> right. When I, when I was in high school back in 86, if you, if you, knew, uh, if you, knew, some, if you knew a girl from, that went to a different school, I mean, you were like a, a big deal because, you know, you, you, you were like so worldly. Oh, he knows, he, 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 knows some, he knows a girl that goes to a different school. But now everything is, is, is different. But, but, yeah, to talk to some of these guys, you know, like I said, Dwayne, Leston, Paul, you know, these, the, the guys from Trinidad, you know, they – they have a totally different perspective from somebody like Cam Lindley, and he's got a different perspective from somebody like Liam, and it's it's all really it's all really fascinating to me and interesting, and you know, and even even Coach Mulqueen, you know, with his background, thirty years of experience, and he's a he's a Jersey guy, and he's he's seen it all, and I mean, everybody has something different that they bring to the table and a different way of thinking about things, and. And, you know, even though the subject is still soccer, they're all coming at it from different angles. And, it, and, and to me, that's really interesting and, and fun. Are you shocked at the attendance numbers? I'm not shocked, but I am pleasantly surprised because I knew there was always a a good kind of underground soccer community here in town. I mean, I, you, you, you've known that as well, too, probably, you know, being around as long as you have. So I'm, I'm, I, I think, if anything, has surprised me that, that it hasn't fallen completely off the cliff now that, you know, football season has started, you know, it's fallen off some. And I think that's inevitable. And I think, you know, they probably expected that and kind of factor that in, but, you know, to still see, you know, six, 6,000 strong, you know, there on a Saturday night during the football season, I, I think is awesome. And I, no, I'm not, I'm not shocked. I'm, I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised. I'm glad people have gotten behind it, but but I knew it would work, and and I knew that you know playing at AutoZone Park would would draw a lot of folks down there, and I and you know once I met you know Craig Unger, the owners, I I mean I knew these were sharp guys, and I knew they would you know make it work, and and even though the success on the field is, has not come yet, I mean you know I, I think they're really planted the seeds for something special going forward. You're a Memphis guy, aren't you? Yeah, I gradu I graduated from. Kingsbury High, class of uh, 1986. We're now a bit of a soccer power uh, as well. We've, yes, you are. We, we, we've had some success on the soccer pitch. But, yeah, I graduated from Kingsbury. and um, you know, I'll, I'll throw it out there. Kirby, class of 89. If you gave your age, I'll give mine too. Yeah, there you go. So, yeah. so we're, Unashamed. We're the, yeah, so we're the same age, same generation. And, and, and when you and I were in high school, I mean, I mean, nobody had soccer programs. Maybe Germantown. You know, I mean, it, you know, Germantown was the big program back then, but, you know, you didn't have soccer all over in the high schools like you do now. I mean, you know, even, even a lot of these charter schools have teams now, and it's it's just fantastic to see, you know, with the, with the, um, with, with the growing, you know, diversity here in our population, you know, more people from Latin America coming into Memphis, and that population is just getting bigger and bigger as the years go on. It, it's kind of trickled over into the public schools, and as a result, that's trickled into the soccer programs and, and made high school soccer here really, really interesting and fun and, 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 and competitive. And, and appreciate the fact, John Varlis is with us. He's sports writer at Daily Memphis, and appreciate the fact 
that you bring that to life in the Daily Memphis, and they give you the freedom, they give you a long leash to to cover those uh, those sports in the in the fall and the spring. So year round, it seems like you are basically the Swiss Army knife of the of the uh, of the digital newspaper. You may be at the at, I guess prep golf championships one day, and then out at the soccer pitch the next. But uh, tell 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 folks a little bit how they can uh, follow you. Uh, on uh, social media and, and how they can subscribe to the paper. Sure, you can follow me uh, at Twitter. It's real easy. It's at John Varlis, just my name. Um, you can find us on the Daily Memphian website, dailymemphian.com. Uh, we always have good you know, high school content. Up, Soccer playoffs are coming up. Only $7 a month, Tim. I mean, where can you get a better value than that for, for such a – not just me. We've got Jeff Calkins, Drew Hill, Jonah Jordan – Don Wade, our whole our whole sports staff is is hitting you all over the place. Can you even get a decent sized pumpkin spice for seven dollars? <laughs> I don't know. You can't even get a decent pumpkin for seven dollars <laughs> anymore. True. That's true. Even the little baby ones start at. 10. Oh gosh, I was I was at Sprouts and the other day, and I was shocked at the prices of pumpkin. And you're right, even the, even these little ones, they're 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 they're, they're smaller than your head, but they're you know fifteen dollars. It's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> John Varlis, Daily Memphian, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. It has uh, it's been a privilege to finally get a chance to meet you. Enjoy your writing and uh, and best of luck in your future writing and, and and see you out probably at the field, the golf course, the court, the pitch, and I guess anywhere else where there might be a ball or a sporting competition. I really appreciate you having me, Tim, and I and I I, I hope I didn't ramble too much because like I told you before we got started, I get excited about soccer and I just, just you know it's just something I'm passionate about and I for me it was a treat I really I really thank you well the, hey between as much as you can write and as much as I can talk it was pretty much a perfect match from the start so <laughs> so it worked out it worked out perfectly John thanks so much thank you there's John Varlis from the Daily Memphian and before he goes we got to send out a little bit of love he's got a great podcast too make sure you check it out it's called In the Trenches John Varlis from the Daily Memphian or next on My Three Subs a soccer odyssey I love talking soccer, but I also love talking about real estate, too. And, and people ask me about both a lot. And one of the big questions I get in real estate is, how's the housing market? The housing market looks great, and interest rates are near historical lows. And really, it all comes down to when is the time right for you? If you're ready to make your move, give me a call. Tim Van Horn at Cry Like Realtors. 901-756-8900 is my office number. Brody, can I give him my cell number? Oh, I can? Okay. 901-262-5000. That's my cell phone. You can also go to my website, timvanhorn.com. I can help you with your move around the block, around the city, around the state, and even around the world, too. I have a network of relocation certified agents just ready to help you. They are dying for your business, and I can put you in touch with those. All it takes is pick up the phone, give me a call. 901-756-8900. That's my office number. You can call me at my cell, 901-262-5000. Or just go online. Check me out at timvanhorn.com. That's timvanhorn.com with Cry Like Realtors. This is My Three Subs, a soccer odyssey. And we have added time to the podcast. You like this swag, Tim? Love it. Oh, yeah, we got My Three Subs swag. And, and I don't mind wearing this, unlike my Arsenal stuff. Are we recording right now? Absolutely, we're recording right now. Oh, well, then we need to probably tell people that we will put a picture up on the website. Yeah, we've got scarves and glassware. Uh, perfect gifts, by the way. If you want to order some, maybe you can uh, hit us up and we can order you some. Just in time for the holiday. In fact, the first six glasses I tried to ship on the sixth one, I finally got it to its destination without breaking. Hey! So I have figured out how to do the handling part of that. <laughs> so non, non-broken 
pre-broken glasses for your holiday. You buy it, and there is a high probability it will get there in one piece. There you go. Uh, so anyway, you can hit us up. We're at My Three Subs Podcast on uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, stuff that I don't mind. If in, if you're like me, an Arsenal fan, um, who we will not support our team right now because that our club refuses to support itself. I've got three names for you as possible candidates I listen, for manager. Uh, yeah, I would love to be... You know, talking about a manager, except for the fact that Arsenal wouldn't, won't even talk about it. Like, here's my problem with Arsenal right now. Is that, see, uh, with the U.S. men's national team, we get told there's a process. Got to trust in the process, right? We talked about that in extra time, or in the, in the bonus show uh, last week. With this, with Arsenal, there's no process. They don't, they don't even talk about anything. There is a process. I, I will tell you exactly what the process is. It's let's suck until we suck no more. You show up in front of the TV screen, or you pay your 60 pounds to go into the match, and then for the next 90 minutes, we're going to underwhelm you. Yeah. That's the process. And and it's it's gotten to the point now where it's it's starting to affect the way Arsenal has looked at I mean, Arsenal used to be a powerhouse, man. We used to be good. We used to be great. The days of Graham. The days of Wenger. Gosh. And, I mean... You know, you, you'd go out and watch a really good club put on a really good show, you know? Now you just go out and you're like, damn, what happened? What what happened to us? We were so lovely, you know? Uh, and, and I think the frustration is now with Arsenal that there is, there's no talk. Pochettino's open, you know? Go after him. Well, or at least talk about it like you're going to. I've got another name that you could probably get at a discount as a coach that would be really good. Who? That used to play there. I've got a at short Arsenal? I've got a short term answer and I've got a long term answer. Yeah. Who's out there from Arsenal that used to play there? Okay. I'm gonna give you a long term answer, then I'm gonna come back to the short term answer because that the, the short term will blow your mind. The long term you'll go, oh, okay. Long term, Patrick Vieira is eventually going to be an Arsenal manager because he managed New York Red Bull. He's over in France managing now. Yeah. They're mid table. I don't know if he's ready. Heck, he may come back and manage Inter Miami uh, and work on building a club here, practicing here before eventually going to Arsenal. But I think someday Patrick Vieira, the former captain, will manage Arsenal. That's your long-term solution. I know you're looking for a shorter-term solution. Well, we're looking for right now because we have to do something now. Pochettino is one option. All right. I don't know how much he would cost. Maybe that's too expensive. But I think if you don't want to pay that much, Mm -hmm. then you look up at Manchester and you bring down former Arsenal midfielder Mikel Arteta, who is Pep Guardiola's right-hand man at Manchester City. Mm, give him a shot. Why not? Let's see what happens. And he could be a long-term thing. Maybe so. I think I, I think he'll be successful eventually. I mean, with those somewhere, young guys, you know? He's probably the best Spanish midfielder that never really got a run in the national team. I've always thought of him highly. He played great at Everton. Right. He played over 100 games, I think, at, at Arsenal at as Arsenal, well. Yeah. Very solid player. Pep Guardiola loves the guy. Surprised that he's even still there as an assistant on the staff. But Arteta wanted to stay and learn more from Guardiola. That's why. Right. But maybe now is the time that you bring in an Arteta for the here and now. If you he don't want to lead. splash. He knows how, you know, as far as recruiting, how that would work now because he's been a right-hand man. Eh, not a bad look. And and if Pochettino ends up taking that Bayern Munich position that we talked about at the uh, at, at about halfway through the second half of this podcast then that that means Pochettino's not an option at Arsenal so then right. I think the dominoes continue to 
tumble there the in favor. The only reason why I don't think Pochettino's an option at Arsenal right now anyway. Because they're a mess and he doesn't want a mess? They're a mess, yeah. They're a mess. They're an absolute train wreck right now. And that's why I think Bayern does make a bit more sense than it did you know, a week or two ago because Bayern, with Muller out there, they're on all cylinders. That team is ready for someone to come in and I think them. it's gonna take it's gonna take a young player, if you will, um, a, an ex player who understands this current gen. Because I think Arsenal, the the players that are in Arsenal, that you your you know your core group of guys, while they're older, they're not old. You know, it's not an old team. It's not like we're sitting here looking talking about like you know forty somethings on a pitch. You know, basically like the leftovers at Arsenal. You've got decent talent out there. It just seems untapped potential. And I think what you know, if a uh, you know your younger guys, like we said, your your long term solutions come in, they could surface now and salvage a season to where we're not playing at the bottom rungs anymore. You have Arteta, who has played under David Moyes in that grinded out style. Mm-hmm. It sometimes it wasn't pretty, but it was very effective. They were always the in, in the top half of the table every single year. He's played under Arsene Wenger. He knows... Uh, I love ground and pound soccer, and it's good stuff. He knows beautiful football, too, because in Wenger's, when Wenger was in his prime, I know he began slipping the last few years, but he also knows how to play, how to, how to put the foot on the gas pedal as right. well. So he's seen that. He, he appreciates Arsenal's past, mm-hmm. and he's the kind of guy that I think that if you brought him in, he would want to bring... Bring that back, and a little bit of finesse ball, and with him, with him being vetted by Guardiola and winning championships up there, right. and seeing what that winning culture is, and knowing how to talk to the players, know how to reproduce that. Because sometimes the best players or or any players don't know how to relate to other players that either right. aren't as good as them right. or as motivated. If you can't get motivated by some of Guardiola's speeches, then you, you just don't have a heartbeat. Um, or maybe you don't need to be on that pitch. Right, right. So I would not sleep on Mikel Arteta. Uh, Pochettino would be a good pick, but I think long term, I, I don't know if right. it's five years now you know, or however long. I think, uh, again, Patrick Vieira is eventually going to get that job because he is beloved there. He is an ambassador. He can do no wrong there. I think that's, that is our better move, uh, 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 above even Pochettino. Uh, I don't think Pochettino it will will surface up at Arsenal. I just don't. Now, prove me wrong, okay? But uh, I don't see Pochettino moving to Arsenal, one. Two, I don't see Pochettino fitting at Arsenal because he's going to get there and go, well, we need a clean house. You know, uh, this, this isn't going to work because, you know, these strings that are holding this together aren't working. Um, so he's going to cut ties with a lot of people, and that's not going to – that's the, the brass at Arsenal is going to go, but we like them. You know, and that's not going to fit. Um, yeah, I, I, I. That's why I just. Yeah, I, I see a younger guy moving in and going. Okay, here's what we got to work with. We're going to make it happen. Well, at the very least, it's Thanksgiving week. You still have a lot to be thankful for. Heck, you could be me and a West Ham fan. We don't even have enough terabytes of, <laughs> of data to hold a discussion on what's wrong with West Ham. Well, you know, and at least we got that pretty quiet stadium. It you is. Know? It is. It is a beautiful stadium. I've that walked. you can hear booze in, apparently. Yeah, the acoustics are nice for booze. I thought yeah. it was ooh yeah, nigh, no, but no. it was just booze. Ooh. 
All right, where can we catch the podcast? Of course, anywhere you can find podcasts, but mainly on your iHeartRadio app. We are everywhere. You can also get in touch with us, maybe get a hold of some of this My 3 Subs swag at My 3 Subs Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. That's about all I got for this week, other than wishing you, wishing our sponsors, and wishing our audience a very happy and safe Thanksgiving. We have a lot to be thankful for. Heck, we're sitting here and we're talking about soccer, having a great time, and very thankful to be able to do that, and thankful for you for taking time to listen to us. There's the whistle. Thank you for listening. Check out more of My 3 Subs podcast, A Soccer Odyssey, at 1019kissfm.com and on the iHeartRadio app. The watchers have observed. The council has convened. The gathering of geeks converges. And they're set to discuss everything happening in the geekdom. Tank locked loaded. Get the latest on everything in the geek universe with the Geek Patrol. The Geek Patrol is on Geek Tank Radio. That's what we call ourselves. Sort of like a team. This is a KISS original. Only on 1019kissfm.com.